So I just opened a wild tonic blueberry basil hard kombucha. Ooh, yummy. What did you open over there? So I was a little disappointed, actually, because I told you earlier that I had a champagne that I wanted to pop. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, took the the foil off of it, and it was a screw cap. Oh. Which is just, like, an accurate representation for my whole year. but just because it's not what you expected doesn't mean it's a bad thing but i opened a cook's california champagne brute and it's just like a mini bottle so it's like half a bottle and i actually bought this back in like september because i was like we're closing out our fiscal year and when i hit all of my goals i'm going to drink this and then like we ended up having to reprioritize some things to like this fiscal year so i never drank it oh because you didn't hit your goals <laughs> i didn't hit my goals but i thought that little story ties into what we're going to talk about later so yeah it totally does <laughs> yeah i picked wild tonic again because i was looking for something bubbly and celebratory since it's Ooh. the end of the year but i don't have any champagne i don't have any like brute ipas i had like nothing so i was like well I did a poor job planning for this. (laughs) (laughs) That about sums up my year. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community from hobby farmers to large scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gained, so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related, but we cut a lot of those tangents and stick them up on our Patreon. And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps, so go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm. We also have some other fun things up there, like exclusive recordings. Sometimes we put pictures, and it's an excellent way to support the podcast starting at just $2 a month. And speaking of the Patreon, our drinks this episode were sponsored by Molly K, which is at hippie underscore hens underscore hacienda over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So I have one correction this week. Oh, okay. And this correction tells me that I should just stop guessing things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I had said that Percy the cow was like 800 pounds or something Uh like that. And um, he's not even close. He's like 350-ish if he's lucky. (laughs) What a cute little tyke. (laughs) He is. He's a little teeny tiny cow. I mean, 350 pounds is still pretty big. but That's no joke. (laughs) It's like miniature miniature for a cow (laughs) Uh, yeah he's just a little guy but he's adorable oh my gosh he is i really wish he would let me near him but he's still pretty scared yeah and i don't blame him 
So it's okay. So I'm trying to just keep my distance and spend some time out there. Like I cleaned their loafing shed again, even though I didn't really need it. And I just mm-hmm. walked around the pasture with a rake and raked up piles of cow poo. Because do you know how big cow poo is? Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar with how big cow poo is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like really, really big. I told my husband we need to cut a hole in the fence and put a gate in so that they can have access to the larger pasture. Because if I leave Herc and Percy in the area that they're in, there's not going to be any grass in there come come uh, summertime. Because <laughs> those cow patties, you know, like they bury the grass and then you have like a dead spot yeah so that's partially why i'm raking it up and also because i don't want their hooves like walking through it and you know it's a good time to be cleaning especially when it's cold enough (laughs) that it's frozen it's easy to pick up yeah (laughs) but just think about like like dairy farmers and how many cows they have their hooves are not shit free so don't feel bad if they're walking through it at least a little bit. And That's it, true. And you're set up where you could do like a rotating pasture situation if you really wanted to. And I may someday. You have enough space. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Not <laughs> not this year. Not this day. <laughs> not 2019 with just a few days left. Nope. <laughs> oh, and I have some follow-up. Oh, Okay. Yes, I have hay now. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram and I did a little happy dance for you. Oh, I was so freaking relieved. And what's funny was I knew that this hay was coming for like a month now. Because, mm-hmm. oh, it was Thanksgiving. The day before Thanksgiving, I went and picked up one bale from him because he offered to let me buy one bale before he delivered. Because he said sometimes animals can be kind of picky and not yeah. take it. Mm-hmm. And, like, my animals have never rejected anything. But I was like, well, since you offered, like, I might as well do that. Yeah. There's no harm in that. So I got it. The next day I texted him and I was like, the animals love it. You can deliver it whenever you're ready. Well, fast forward, you know, like a month. (laughs) And he still hasn't (laughs) delivered it. And I messaged him and I told him that we had the cow now. So to go ahead and throw 10 more bales on top of the 30 that I originally ordered. (laughs) Because I was going to need a little more for Percy. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then we just kept delaying and delaying. And I was like, oh, no, I have like two bales of hay left. We're going to run out before this guy delivers. But nope, he came and delivered. And it was like... A farm clown car because he fit (laughs) 43 bales of hay in the back of a regular bed F-250 pickup truck. Magic. Now that is a farming professional right there. (laughs) Right. And there were zero straps on it. When it pulled up our driveway, I was like, what's the over under on there being bales of hay like littering up the way to our driveway? But there were none. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't strap it down because I figured if it made it down the hill at my place, it would make it all the way here without falling off. And I thought (laughs) about it and I was like, yeah, because his hay barn is like up this really strange like Appalachian back roads trail like uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it he, they've got a lot of land obviously because they grow hay and his hay barn is like at the very top of a mountain behind his house that oh you have to gosh. like weave in and out of to get up to so I was like oh yeah that's fair okay I mean I wouldn't do it but <laughs> no. no thank you I, I ratcheted down our Christmas tree and I had the tailgate up <laughs> I mean, you know what, though? Better safe than sorry. And if that makes you feel better while you're driving, then I am all for it. Yeah, it totally does. And I still, like, stared in the rearview mirror at the Christmas tree the whole time, positive (laughs) that something was going to catch it and it was going to, like, fly out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I also have a little piece of follow-up that I think our listeners may find helpful or interesting. And I think we might have touched about on this like last year, but um, in a recent mini-sode, we talked about poisonous holiday plants for chickens. Um, but you know what? We really can't forget goats and Christmas trees. That kind of ties into it. So I found a really good summary on one of the goat emergency groups I'm in. And basically the theme of it is uh, know your source. And if you don't know your source, don't feed it to your goat. Um, because a lot of commercially, commercially bought Christmas trees and wreaths are sprayed with color enhancers, fire retardants, pesticides, fungicides, or herbicides, or other chemicals. And even those bought at a Christmas tree farm could be sprayed. Um, so... With all that crap on it, it could be toxic or potentially fatal. So you want to know your source and don't feed it to your goats unless you absolutely know that it hasn't been sprayed. And even like big box stores um, or tree farms, they're not required to label trees that have been sprayed or treated. Um, So unless you for sure know, just just be careful with what you're giving them. Yeah, and that's totally fair. So one of the things that I always do with my Christmas trees before I feed them to my animals is I like rub my hands on them to see if a colorant comes off. Because if that happens, then you know for sure that it was color treated. Um, But also one thing to keep in mind, too, is that a lot of sprays and pesticides and fungicides, they have like a half-life. So they're only around for a certain amount of time. So it kind of depends on when it was sprayed, too. Like our Christmas tree has been in our living room for... A month now well not quite like three weeks <laughs> and it'll be like another week before the goats get it so then you know it's been sitting for over a month and I I mean you have to look up like the specific sprays uh-huh. that are used on Christmas trees to see how long they last but like there are levels that are set by the EPA for like how long they're allowed to like their residues allowed to be effective if that makes any sense yeah so like it totally depends on like how old your christmas tree is where you got it from what it was sprayed with and sometimes there's so many unknowns that you're just kind of like thinking well i'd rather be safe than sorry yes and there are actually other kinds of pine trees that um, can present a danger to livestock um, like the ponderosa pine which grows in zones three through seven, the lodgepole pine, which grows zones four through eight, and the monterey pine, which grows zones seven through 10. Um, Apparently those are not ideal for goats to have. And then my personal favorite tree that I grew up with, the blue spruce, um, those needles have known to cause internal lacerations and bleeding. Oh, that's such a bummer because blue spruce are so pretty. They're one of my favorites too. And the Scots pine um, isn't considered toxic. However, it is rich in tannins, which ingested in large amounts can cause intestinal disorders and irritation of the gastrointestinal mucosa. Um, Even though those are not listed as like potential potentially harmful, large amounts of it are ingested. So if that's your tree, you might want to like serve it in, you know, appetizer sizes, not necessarily throw the whole tree over. Oh, 
Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, what we're going to do with this tree is, um, so it's been up for like three weeks. We got it at Lowe's, so we really don't know what it was sprayed with, but I have like touched it and made sure that it doesn't have like a colorant on it. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to put it outside for a little while and let it like, you know, get some fresh air and air out. And I might even spray it off with the hose really quick or let like a rain come. Because then if there's any residue on it, like that would run any residue off of it. And then I'm going to cut it into chunks and throw them to them. So then, like, you know, they get a little amount, see how they do with it, and then, you know, give everybody some more. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. And, you know, if it turns out that they can't eat it or they're not really liking it or going for it, I'll chip it up and it'll be the ground inside the garden because I've got like those wood chip paths in there. Yeah. And I do want to point out too, at least my goats are pretty good at avoiding things that aren't good for them. Um, like we've had some plants pop up in their uh, little pasture area that they can't have. And um, I noticed them after they were pretty tall and ripped them out, but they just ignored them. So, you know, usually I think animals have a decent instinct for what's not great for them and they kind of ignore it. But, you know, that's not <laughs> some animals are not the brightest bulb in the bunch (laughs) and sometimes you know you just got to do better safe than sorry for those ones that's super true yeah we had milkweed keep popping up in ours and like I gave up on trying to pull it out because like the butterflies are like putting their crystallises and stuff on it and the goats left it alone and Herc did too none of them ate any of the milkweed so it was like this giant like milkweed forest in the middle of their pasture (laughs) smart babies Yeah, and then I mowed it down eventually, you know, after they were all supposed to have hatched. (laughs) There you go. Working with nature. (laughs) I try. Sometimes it's not easy, but... (laughs) I guess we can get into our episode, which I think I kind of spoiled a little bit in the beginning that maybe we'd be talking about our goals, um, how this year went, and how we want next year to go. So we're going to be wrapping up 2019 in true New Year's resolution mindset. Uh, And we kind of broke it up into a few different categories that we want to talk through it with you guys. And if you want, you can uh, join us in the Facebook group and let us know how your 2019 went and what your some of your goals for 2020 are. Because we're interested. We want to hear them. It might give us some new crazy ideas. Because we never have enough. True that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bev, what changed for you in 2019 compared to, like, 2018? So, 2019 was the year of focus uh, Mm -hmm. because I feel like focus is something that I'm really not all that great at. Like, you have so many ideas and so many things I want to do, so I just kind of run with everything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is really fun, but it can be frustrating to the people around me. And also like nothing ever gets super far because something shinier like came by. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. That's super easy. Yeah, (laughs) When you don't have focus, like that's just what happens and just the way it is. So I really wanted to work on that for 2019. And I think I succeeded in that. And what I really started focusing on towards the end of the year was like figuring out what really mattered to me, like what my, what's what I'm looking for? Like what my ideals are or Mm. what I internally feel is like the person that I am and try to act and do things in a manner that reflect that. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, 
a an awareness thing and yes being aware enough in the moment to know what is good for you morally and ethically and what's not yeah exactly well and especially because it's really easy this time of year to like quote unquote change yourself but like if that's not who you are then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure mm-hmm right yeah like the things that you want to do they have to be a reflection of what is truly important to you like i want to get a peloton bike so i can be like that girl in a commercial (laughs) who looks terrified to start doing that and she's getting up at 6 a.m to do a ride that is not in my personality I'm not even going to kid myself. But (laughs) if it was something that I could really wrap my head around, like why I would want to get up at 6 a.m. to do an exercise to lose weight, um, maybe it could happen. So, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. If there's not like a root cause of why you're doing something or why you're acting a certain way, it's really hard to make that shift. Well, and I think that that's partially why so many like resolutions and goals end up failing. It's because they weren't (laughs) written with your true like best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or at least what what's in your nature. Right. (laughs) Like if you're not a morning person and you're going to force yourself to get up at 6 a.m., this is probably going to fail. Maybe if you feel the need to work out. Maybe an an afternoon or an evening workout would be more attainable. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because some people have to leave their house at 6 a.m. for work. So that would mean that like a morning workout for them would be like four. But they are night owls. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) That's just gross to me. I know some people like get up and do that and bless them because that is not me. Yeah, I'm not a super morning person either. Although I've been working on becoming more of a morning person because I like my peace in the morning. But mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the key, though. You like the peace of the morning. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> not the chaos, which can come, especially when you have two kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, other things that changed for me in 2019 was I got a cow and a donkey. That's huge. Like, yeah. Not just like literal, like because they're big, but like... Did that did that even register as a possibility to you like a year ago? No, it didn't. And I know that because I because we talked about it in our <laughs> last year's goals and like dreams and reflections episode. <laughs> so I said that I hoped that having a donkey was in my cards like for the future someday, but I didn't think it would be this year. Aww. Yeah. And cow and donkey. Like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, what's really cool about them and, like, getting new animals is that it's really taken the fear out of me, like, with these animals. Like, for example, Herc's trying to steal Percy's food. So I stand out there in the pasture in the middle of the day and throw them both a flake of hay. And I, like, stand guard to make sure that Percy at least gets one flake of hay. (laughs) And Herc tries to fight me for it. What a little butthead. I know. He, like, keeps, like, headbutting at me and, like, trying to push through me. But I, like, stand my ground and I use my hands because I know where all of his pressure points are to, like, get him to go the direction I want him to go. Uh So I'm very strategic and I use my hands and I, like, push him away. But a year ago, I would have never stood between a 350-pound donkey and what he wanted to do and, like, physically force him to do the thing that I wanted him to do. That's a really big deal. 
Yeah, it really is. And part of that was because we got roosters, you know, and like, (laughs) I am not afraid of the roosters anymore. Now I just give them dirty looks and tell them to stop it when they act like they're going to come at me. (laughs) That's what I do, too. It's funny because it usually works. It totally does. Yeah. They're just kind of like, they still kind of do the dance like they're going to try to do something. But most of my roosters will just back off. Yeah. And like last year, I would have cowered at like any (laughs) threat from any of my animals. (laughs) So I'm feeling kind of powerful right now, apparently. You should. (laughs) That is a really big deal. I think it's important to respect animals um, in the power that they have, no matter what their size is. But that doesn't mean that you have to be afraid of them. There's a big difference there. Yeah, or like be a pushover. Right, exactly. Because they can, they know when you're a pushover. It doesn't matter what animal they are. (laughs) (laughs) They totally do. Even a bunny can be a pushover on you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, the last thing that kind of changed for me this year was that I decided to drop the term homesteader for how I describe myself. Really? So what are you calling yourself now? So... Now I think I'm just calling myself a farmer. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, mostly because I just, I can't think of a better word for it. And like, I don't want to have no term, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, because I mean, some people are like, oh, labels are, can be dangerous or limiting or whatever. But I feel like sometimes you have to have a word to describe what you're doing or else you kind of lose sight of what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And when we first started, homesteader was the word. But um, our friend Amy from the podcast of Farmish Kind of Life did a really great episode about the term homesteader. And after listening to it, I decided that that just wasn't how I wanted to describe myself anymore. I like it, though. I'm glad (laughs) because I remember we've had conversations before where you wouldn't even like touch that word with a 10 foot pole farmer. Oh, yeah. It's because I kind of felt like a... (sighs) I mean, I don't want to say faker. That's not the right word. An imposter. An imposter. Yeah. Because we've talked about imposter syndrome and whatnot. But like, and one of the things that Amy talks about in the episode is like, well, what's the threshold for being like, you know, the difference between a homesteader and, you know, something else? Like, are you a homesteader when you milk your own cow? Are you a homesteader when you like can all the things? I thought about it and I was like, I just, I just don't want to have to live up to any expectations anybody else has of me because I use that term so like when I say I'm a farmer like I live on a farm and I have a bunch of livestock like I feel like that's good enough yeah for farmer you shovel shit there you go (laughs) literally (laughs) by the wheelbarrow full because our uh our utility vehicles at the shop so I have to do everything by hand right now no It's like the 1870s over here. No. Oh, so you're experiencing Sam's life right now. She does not have a utility vehicle and she's like drooling to have one. (laughs) So what about you? What changed for you in 2019? Uh, So we had our first live large animal birth on the farm because we've hatched chicks before, but that's like way different compared to goats. Oh, yeah, for sure. All the baby goats. We've had, we had um, five in January from two different moms. And then Maya had Halloween babies, which were surprise babies. Um, And there were three (laughs) boys again. And then Diana, I'm pretty sure I just confirmed this week that she is pregnant again. And this was 
pre um pre buck apron with the chest strap so it would fall off sometimes oh yeah uh so i felt baby this week i've been looking at her and i'm like you look more fat than fluffy for winter and then her udder got bigger and i'm like shit yeah (laughs) and then uh her backside's looking a little puffy and then i felt a baby kick Oh, well, that's kind of sweet. But even though it was something you were trying to avoid, but still. Right. (laughs) But I'm hoping if she's going to do it, it's like Christmas babies. Because, like, imagine all the fun names for Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Can she have eight of them so you can name them after all the reindeer? (laughs) Gosh. She's not that fat. (laughs) I'm hoping just two again because she threw two last time. Oh, that's true. hoping she just does two this time. I wouldn't even be mad if it was just one. Yeah, um, but that's kind of unique for uh, for Nigerians. Usually, they have more than one. Oh, okay. I did not realize them. Yes, um, usually two, three is pushing it. If you have quads, that's really crazy, and you're gonna have to do some bottle feeding. Um, but yeah, so all the baby goats, which is super exciting. I love that. It's been an experience. Like it's, I feel like been really neat to go to the vet with them and and watch the vet do the disbudding and the castration and I'm not ready as you know my own in my own farming journey to do that stuff myself um I kind of like taking them to the vet and having them checked over anyways and having them do the CD&T for the first time to make sure there's no reaction um so that's just my preference and I got to learn that this year um they do a great job and it's like super cheap compared to like some things that you could get done for like a dog or a cat even. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like that. And I got to learn so much and, you know, being able to learn the vets a little bit up there makes me more comfortable with them. Um, so that's been really neat. A uh, fun journey this year, even though like disbudding day is never a fun day for anybody. <laughs> oh yeah, nah, it's not no. designed to be a fun day. No. It's one of those like necessary days, though. If you don't want to have goats with horns, right? Yeah. Exactly. Another thing that changed was Ham Ham the piglet. Not really a piglet. The pig. <laughs> He's pretty decent size now. He lives outside now, um, and he lives his best life out there. And um, I thought that would be really hard because he was a house pig for about a year. Um, But moving him outside was much better for him and for mine and my husband's relationship. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Outside. Um, But he likes it much better out there. He gets to make a mess and nobody yells at him. Um, So that was might sound like a small change to some people, but that was a big change for, for me. And then uh, we, last year I talked about, um, we did some episodes about barn cats. And I got a couple of feral farm cats last year. But now they kind of like me. And they let me pet them. And Mr. Todd let me pick him up as of like last week. So, yes. Which I had this cat that lived on the porch. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen him. His name's Mr. Thomas Shelby. Um... I haven't seen him in like two and a half weeks, so I keep telling myself somebody just let him in the ho- their house for the winter, um, and I'm going to pretend nothing bad probably happened, but he would like ride around on my shoulders and let me pick him up, 
And as soon as, like, I haven't seen him for, like, a week, Mr. Todd got more affectionate and let me pick him up. So it was kind of like, oh, it's filling the void in my heart. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully your friend comes back in the spring because it's totally not unreasonable to think that somebody let him in. Or some people have been setting up those, like, feral cat colonies. Have you seen those? Like, with the straw and the... Um, like the Rubbermaid totes and mm-hmm. stuff. So he may have found one of those and been like, oh, this is cozy. Yeah, that's what we have in the barn for Mr. Todd and Buster for Jones. They have oh, one nice. of those in there. They really seem to like it. So Good. I guess those are like the main differences Um, for me. There wasn't like, I didn't have like a huge personality shift or anything like that. I'm not as, as I think, focused (laughs) as Bev on like the word of the year but I kind of like that idea like to pick like a theme or an overall focus for anything that could apply to your life so I might have to think about that a little more I mean it definitely gives you something to work towards my favorite is though is when you forget what the word of the year is and then go back to find it and figure out that you've been working on it anyways. So perhaps my subconscious knew what my word of the year was. Yeah. So I got to work on it anyways, but I've been sitting here scratching my head for like two weeks going, what was my word this year? I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what was your most important lesson or lessons learned this year? So my most important lesson that I learned this year, and I'm pretty sure that I said this in one of our episodes already. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was our last Ask Sam and Bev um, mini-sode, the one that we dropped sometime in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that I learned that doing all the right things, and I use the word right like in quotations, doesn't protect your farm from tragedy. Mm. Because I and I'm and I'm mostly talking about the death of Darby the goat because that's like where that lesson kind of came up from. And in fact, in last year's episode, I talked about like how awful it would be to lose an animal like of that size because, you know, it's kind of like losing one of your dogs or one of your cats because I truly feel like sometimes the bigger the animal like the bigger space they can kind of just like because they take up a lot of space in your life yeah so by like by association they end up kind of taking up a bigger space in your heart so like I'm always sad when chickens die especially when it's something that I figure out I could have done something about later because you know that's the way chickens work they don't tell you Uh they're sick (laughs) and then afterwards you're like god damn it it was just Bentley, like that was totally treatable <laughs> um but goats like i don't know yeah but that was a that was a tough lesson to learn yeah so that yeah that's got to be my big one but it was an important one because and i think it's a really positive thing that you share that because it's so easy to beat up on yourself when things go wrong on the farm no matter how large or small the casualty is and it's just life like shit happens no matter how prepared you are and yep you can't beat yourself up over it yeah so i don't spend a lot of time reflecting on it you know mm-hmm. i still do my thing right. where i like check out my first aid kit to make sure i've got everything for everybody but otherwise you know i've just kind of chalked that up to being something that we had to go through to yeah. hopefully save the next one exactly yep 
So what else? And then my other uh, farming lesson this year was that without good physical health, reaching my farm goals is nearly impossible. Mm. And I'm mostly talking about how, I mean, so I guess listener, longtime listeners will know this. Newer listeners might not have heard this, but like very shortly after we started the podcast, Back in April of 2018, we had a really bad car accident and it kind of messed up my back. Uh-huh. And I tried to take care of it as best I could, but like long story short, there was some confusion on who was supposed to be like covering the medical for it. So I decided just to like do what I had to, you know, to like be uh-huh. functional because we paid for all the medical. Oh, damn. <laughs> and so I probably didn't really make the best decisions because I was basing them off of, you know, like price tag instead of what yeah. I really, truly needed. Yeah. Because that's kind of what happens, you well, know. It, and I think you're not, I think that's not unique either. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people have to do that. <laughs> and uh, like, I truly think that my recovery and the amount of time I was in pain was really, really stretched out because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And when I couldn't, like, when I couldn't function without pain, like it just, it became impossible to really like do anything or grow mm-hmm. or expand or like take on anything more. Cause like, yeah, I still took Herc, you know? Yeah. And I still took the cow, but like, you know, other than that, like we didn't necessarily do anything different around here either. When you really think about it, you mm-hmm. know, cause Herc and the cow, they're kind of just like pets, you know, they don't have any real like farm goals. Right. Really think about it. (laughs) It was kind of like taking on a 350 pound dog times two. (laughs) 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 But like, had I been in better health, like I would have like done the things like got my orchard into shape, like I had talked about doing last year. And I still did a pretty good job with my garden, I feel like. So I'm patting myself on the back for that. So like I still made some progress, but I think I would have done better if I had taken better care of my physical health. So that's one of the things that I've been focusing on lately is making sure that I keep my pain under control. And so that's why like if anybody's been paying attention to my personal Instagram, I've made myself like this personal 30 days of yoga challenge, like yoga mm-hmm. every day. And honestly, like I wish I could describe like how my body feels different, but it does. Some of that might just be mental, you know, like I've come to mm-hmm. accept that some things just hurt and I try not to push the limits, but other things like have truly helped make the pain, you know, lessen or go away. So I'm trying to take better care of myself so that I can actually do things. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really important. So what about you? What were your big lessons this year? So I didn't write this down, but as you were talking, I think I can kind of piggyback off that last one and say without good mental health, reaching farm goals is nearly impossible. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because my mental health has not been like super great this year. And I think like it even affected things like sitting outside and taking pictures of animals which was like something I found really like soothing and great the year before but this year it felt more like a chore which was really odd to me um and a lot of it was just because of my mental health and a lot of personal stuff that was going on um that I've been trying to work through and it's been getting better because I'm actually acknowledging it and not trying to just shove it down and ignore it which is not a great approach long term either Um, sometimes that's necessary in the short term to like get done what you got to get done. But there's been a lot of stuff this year that has not been great that at like the end of the day, 
I'm kind of grateful for. But at the same time, you can't really be grateful for it without dealing with it either. So for a long time, I wasn't dealing with things. Um, So no matter what that looks like to people, whether it's, you know, going to a doctor, going to a therapist, going, you know, getting on a medication, you know, trying some like CBD or something like that, you got to face it and deal with it and figure out what works for you. And sometimes it's just sitting outside and watching your chickens too. Um, and taking the time to be mindful and, and understand like your surroundings and how lucky you actually are. So I think that was one thing I really learned this year. Um, another thing that I learned was that you should just buy the buck aprons with the chest strap. <laughs> yes. So those, simple. <laughs> those cost more, but so does taking unexpected baby goats to the vet for disbudding. <laughs> cost like Fair twice to three times as much. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes you don't know that you need that chest strap, though, yeah. until, like, because the aprons without the chest strap exist, so, like, your yeah. frugal brain is like, well, these are a thing, so they must yes. work just fine. Why should but I pay no. $50 more for this other one or whatever it is? I have no idea how much it costs, but you get my drift. Yes, <laughs> and, like, I accidentally ordered the chest strap one for waffles, and he... Like, we got it on him, and it was great, and his has never come off. But Toot, he had, like, the single strap, and it would just fall off because, you know, goats kind of shrink and expand with how much they eat during the day. So you don't want it to be too tight because that's not great either. So, yeah, so I learned the hard way on that one twice over now. Um, Luckily, that's an easy one to fix. Just order new aprons. (laughs) Yes. I also learned that a horny male bunny will climb through the tiniest hole to breed with the lady bunny that lives upstairs. (laughs) Because we have this hutch that was probably, you know, pretty cheap. And over time, it got a little hole in it. And yep, that's how you make baby bunnies. Um. (laughs) Just holes. Holes and squeezing. (laughs) Yes. And I also learned not to throw fertilized eggs into the brush where the chickens can go and hide and sit on them for 21 days because that's how you get surprise baby chicks, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Just don't expect it. So it sounds like a lot of your uh, lessons this year were behavioral based. Yes. Don't be lazy or cheap. Is essentially <laughs> what's going on here. But remember, we don't call ourselves lazy. We're busy. Busy. Yes. <laughs> We're overly efficient. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I like that better. <laughs> oh. Okay. Now I'm excited for this because I purposely did not read what you wrote down. Oh, awesome. What are your farm goals for 2020? So my. Biggest farm goal for 2020 is to get those damn goats bred this Yay! year. Yay, <laughs> baby goats! Because I'm having the opposite problem you are having. <laughs> yes. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I think, so I think where I'm going to start is I'm going to come out of my shell a little and I'm going to start reaching out to people that I know are in Ohio and have Nigerian dwarf goats and ask them if they would be willing to let me pay them for stud services. Because this is actually – so my personality has been a giant hindrance to my farming. Uh-huh. I'm so introverted. I don't like asking people for things. Because, uh-huh. like, my personality, the minute somebody asks me for something or asks me something, I want to be helpful. 
So that's what I do. And I don't want to put anybody else on the spot like that if that's not something that they're into helping with, if that makes sense. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, it does make sense. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I never ask for things. But like, I need to ask, I, I need to like exhaust all my resources to try to find some stud services. And if I can't, then... What we'll probably do is I want Herc and the cow in the bigger pasture anyways. So we'll Uh drag their shelter out into the bigger pasture and let them out in there. And then we'll have a buck pasture. And I'll just like stretch an extra fence in between it so that there's like – I don't know, a space that they can't fit their little thingies through to like get to the ladies. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then we'll call it good and – I've really enjoyed our group because, like, I've seen how other people do their setups and their shelters and stuff. So, like, I told my husband, I'm like, we don't got to be so fancy, like, with our shelter. Sometimes I think we overdo it a little bit, which makes everything take longer (laughs) and cost more money. Yeah. So, so then I'll get, you know, like, a couple of bucks and and do that. So, I don't know. Either way, I think I've got a good plan for how I can get it done. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the first one first. Good stuff. I like it. And then one of my other goals is to have all of the winter feeds stored by July and August. Nice. Super easy, very specific, very measurable. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Easily planned for. And then I also want to try to host a Farm Fresh Thanksgiving this year. It's something I've talked about a lot. And the biggest obstacle to that is going to be raising and butchering the turkeys. So I need to do a little research to see, like, how long you have to raise them for and whatnot. But if I can just get, like, three or four turkeys this year, raise them up, and then butcher them in the fall, then we'll have turkey and I can share a couple turkeys, you know. I want to get a few, you know, just in case. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, if we have extras, then I get to share, which is exciting. (laughs) You know what? If you like have to separate the bucks from the does, if you end up getting bucks, that in between space could be where the turkeys live. Oh, you're a genius! See, this I is why I need moments. Sam around. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. Exactly. That's exactly your turkeys right. can be the cock blocks, <laughs> <laughs> and the roosters can go live with them too. Just to, yeah. You know. <laughs> there you go. Literal cock blocks. <laughs> yes. Because I felt like I did pretty good on the garden this year. So there's a couple of new things that I need to plant. But so I need to get successful at corn and I need to get successful at sweet potatoes. But other than that, everything else I felt like I kind of had a handle on. Because, you know, like I did onions and I did garlic, which mm-hmm. is 90% of like all meals. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I, I bake bread. Like I do so many things. So I was like, I might be able to pull this off this year. So even if I just add getting all the vegetables grown here, I would be happy with that. But I'm going to go yeah. ahead and set the goal for the whole turkey also just to do it. But I did tell my husband this year, if we don't raise turkeys, we're going to do our own chickens for Thanksgiving. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, because like we love chicken and I make really good chicken with our chickens that we raise. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, why go through all the trouble of paying a lot for a turkey when honestly I feel like most people kind of skip the turkey even though I feel like I make a pretty good turkey like the ham is still better (laughs) so that's what everybody (laughs) goes for (laughs) at least in my house (laughs) so we'll see uh and then my last farm goal for 2020 and it actually 
ties into my uh, word for the year is I want to spend more time being present and in the moment on my farm and being grateful for what we have. And we kind of touched on this a little bit last year. We get so caught up in growing Mm -hmm. and doing more and just cramming more things onto our farm that we forget to just breathe and really enjoy what we have and how freaking lucky we are to like Mm -hmm. hang out in the middle of a shit covered chicken coop (laughs) and take pictures. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) So I decided that my word for 2020 is um, mindfulness, which is kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, the theme for a lot of people's 2019. Mind- if I had to pick a word for 2019, it would have either been mental health or mindfulness because I feel like those both really like came to the spotlight for the year. So I want to be mindful and incorporate mindful practices into my life because I feel like it just helps me settle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What are your farm goals for 2020? So I think the biggest one is going to be to stretch all the fence. So I really want to expand the pasture area to save on hay costs in the warmer months because it'll grow like crazy and they'll the goats will just be able to eat it. Um, and we can get in there and mow if we have to, but I, we have an existing fence line that we could most likely pull up and restretch and utilize. So we wouldn't have to pay for all the fencing. Um, I think they used to keep horses or something here. So we have some fence that we can reuse and repurpose, which just makes me so happy. Um, that we'll have that option. That's awesome. So we want to do that. And with that, we'll be able to separate the boy goats from the girl goats. Um, So I'm still going to personally keep aprons on them because one, they could always break in to the ladies space. When there's a will, there will be a way. And that's what they're really good at. (laughs) Yes. And there's breeding that can happen through the fence too. So I keep those on them for those two reasons. And then also it makes it harder for them to pee on their face. So oh, it kind of helps with the smell too. But sometimes Good. they'll be able to run around without them on um, too, which will be nice. So that's when I like my main goals. Um, those two things kind of go together. And then I want to sell some baby goats instead of keeping them all. Um, oh, that'll be fun though. Yeah. I mean, hard, but fun. Yeah, I've made, I've been very conscious. I did accidentally name all three that Maya had on Halloween, <laughs> oh, no. Freddie, Michael, Jason. Um, but I have not been spending as much time with them as I did the others. Okay. Um, which has made it easier. I still adore them and still give them attention every day, but it's not as much as I did the other ones. And then um, they should be ready to go like January. End of January was will be when I'm comfortable getting rid of them. Um, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're interested at baby goats and you're local, uh, go ahead and email drink and farm at gmail.com and I'll talk to you to see if we can be a match. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, you know, and that's a good way to do it. I mean, one of the cool things about this podcast is it kind of expands our network quite a bit. Yeah. Like we don't necessarily know all of the listeners, but the listeners kind of know us. So they're like, oh yeah, I've been wanting like some weather pets. So how cool would it be to have Sam's baby goat weathers? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, one of the other thing is to take more farm photos, which I kind of touched on earlier. I feel like I kind of failed at that a little bit this year, which is funny because I freaking love Instagram um, so much and have to take photos for the podcast and my own personal page. And I feel like I really kind of slacked there because a lot of my mentality this year is just kind of going through the motions and getting shit done. Um, but I want to be more mindful next year and slow down <laughs> and enjoy things and sit and watch the chickens so I can capture a moment where they're just being completely adorable or hilarious. And I have not done that in a while. You know, I don't I don't blame you for struggling with the farm photo thing, though, this year. Like, I feel like I kind of struggled with that sometimes, too, just because even though I do love Instagram, I find myself sometimes like comparing my photos to other people and mm-hmm. if they don't like measure up then we're not happy with them and then you know I spend a lot of time to get that one shot and then it really did feel like work instead of just enjoying my time with them yeah so I've been trying to do that also instead of trying to get the perfect shot getting the perfect moment internally and then mm-hmm. just snapping the picture as the afterthought with the thing that is going on, you know, in my day to share on Instagram. Because I do love sharing on Instagram and I do love it, but it can feel really hard because there's yeah a lot out there. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I can totally see why that was such a struggle. But I'm hoping that your mental health is improving now. It's getting there, but of course, like... You know, we're recording this and it's the first day of winter. So, spoiler, <laughs> it's not even Christmas yet, but it will be after Christmas when you guys hear this. Um, yeah. And, like, the dark all, like, the super dark, super early thing just really crunches on that mental health thing, too. But we are on the correct side of things now where the days are just going to start getting longer. So exactly. That, knowing that helps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's light at yes. the end of the day coming now every yes. single day. They're just a little bit longer. And I, I do think that focusing on that positive part of it will be super helpful. Yes. Also, the another, another really big important thing for me this year is having a savings account just for, like, surprise vet things. Um or paying people to take care of the animals when we go away, which doesn't happen a lot. But when it does, like, there's a lot to do around here. I'm going to pay someone between probably $100 and $200, depending on how long I'm gone, to take care of everything. Um, and that can sneak up on you. Oh, yeah. And I also want to have savings, you know, for, like, new farm ventures. Like, when I stretch all this extra fence, um, that's going to be expensive. And then also, like, what if... I happen upon an alpaca oh, or yeah. two. I and like it's a great opportunity. It's a good fit, and then boom, I have money for it. There we <laughs> That's go. That's good. <laughs> yeah, um, and things will sneak up at too. Like you know, hey, like our neighbor across the road put a bunch of hay in our barn. Uh, he's going to sell it to us for $6 a bale, but there's 300 bales. That's like $1,800. I don't have that right now. Yeah. So just having stuff like that so it's not so much of a surprise and like I can pay somebody up front and not have to be like, hey, can you do a payment plan? Which our neighbor's awesome. That's what we're doing. It's fine. Um, but it's like not everybody has that set up either. Um, if you're buying hay from somebody that you don't really know, sometimes you have to pay a crazy delivery fee and pay for the hay. So I want to be more mindful with my 
money and how I'm spending things for the farm this year by dedicating a whole account to it. Um, and with that, I'll be able to like actually do what I think I probably said last year, which was fix the chicken run and put a damn door on it. That did <laughs> not happen this year. <laughs> and I'm going to use my savings account to do it. <laughs> my poor chickens. They need a new run, too. It's not even on my list of goals. <laughs> Sorry, chickens. Maybe that'll end up being just like an ancillary goal that ends up happening because I need to do something else. <laughs> They have been deprioritized. <laughs> I mean, now that they free range, I'm just not worried about their run as much anymore. Right, um, right. But yeah. <laughs> so we have some podcast goals, too. We that do. That we wanted to share, which is super exciting. So we just talked to you about our goals. And now we're going to tell you how we can help you with yours. Woo-woo. Woo. Uh, first of all, we have our wonderful Facebook group. If you search We Drink and We Farm Things over on Facebook, you will find us. Answer all three questions and we'll let you in. But that's a great place for support. And we're here to basically cheer you on and encourage you and help answer questions. So if you feel like you need that community, uh, go ahead and join the group. Yeah, I think what we're going to do for this goals thing, because I did kind of mention something in the group, is I think I'm just going to throw a thread in there every now and then, and we'll discuss how we're doing. And then if we need to expand and do a little more, um, we totally can. But yeah, we want to cheerlead you. And it'll be really fun to share with you guys like what we're doing personally and working mm-hmm. on, because it helps give you guys like an opportunity to get to get to know us a little more. Also, Bev put together this amazing downloadable worksheet that has two versions. I call it the Sam version and the Bev version, but it's labeled (laughs) short version and long version. So the Sam version is one page because Sam's attention span for writing shit down is like two seconds, which is hilarious because I am a project manager (laughs) and we are supposed to be really good at documenting. Um, So this the Sam version or my version is a one pager. And, but we also have the Bev version, which is a little bit longer and you can really think through what you want to do and write it down. So if that is your jam, you have it. And if the shorter version is your jam, we have that for you too. Yeah. And they'll both come in the same file. So what we'll do is there'll be a link in the show notes to get that email to you. So that's how we're going to do it. Yes. Yeah, and you don't have to give me all the credit for the download because Sam heavily edited it and kept it down to a reasonable amount of things. Because <laughs> if anybody knows Bev, I tried to make this damn thing like 10 pages long. It's only three. <laughs> hey, you know, I think we found a happy medium for both versions. So yes, teamwork we did. makes the dream work. <laughs> And uh, we're also going to release some new Patreon levels. So those will go up on the Patreon. I I don't see why any reason why they won't be posted by January 1st. So if not that day, then sometime early that week, uh, yeah. those new Patreon levels will be in there. So if you're a current Patreon, you can go through and pick a different level. If something strikes your fancy a little more than mm-hmm. whatever your current level is, you can switch. No problem. And if you have not checked out our Patreon yet, you can go check it out and see if there's a level on there that kind of calls to you. Because So what Patreon basically is in a nutshell is it allows you to vote with your dollars to keep our podcast around. Yes. Easy peasy. That's a nice way to put it. I like it.
And you get rewarded. Like, there's a lot of really exciting things that we're doing with the Patreon levels. Mm -hmm. So I think you guys will like it. I'm going to try to keep the spoilers down. But we're excited about it. So we'll aim to get those up in early January. And the first episode in January, we might walk through those. Oh, great idea. Because we're still finalizing. But we're pretty sure we got it down now. Mm -hmm. But to go along with that... um, on a similar theme, we're going to revamp our merch and our merch shop. So there are some like really great um, best-selling items like the the wine tumbler with the lid, the shatterproof wine glass, um, the travel mugs. Those aren't going anywhere. Those designs might change up a little bit. Um, so if you want anything in its current form, I highly suggest going and buying it now before we revamp things. Um, some things are disappearing, like the koozies, the coasters, and the totes for sure. Those are going to go. We're going to use them for different purposes it, for the small remaining inventory that we have. Um, but we have some really good ideas to keep the merch fresh monthly and quarterly. So you guys need to get excited because Bev and I are really pumped about this. Yeah, we are. We're really like... 2020 is the year of drinking farm like we've been around (laughs) for it'll it'll be almost two years it'll be two years the very first friday in march which also happens to be my birthday by the way (laughs) (laughs) and if we keep up our current episode schedule i think our hundredth episode lands on my birthday which is kind of crazy. That is funny. <laughs> so, I mean, so there's just like, it's been a lot. Like, we've come a long way and mm-hmm. we've really enjoyed doing all of this stuff for you guys. So now we're figuring out how we can better serve you with the things that you want from us. And merch yes. was the theme that kept coming up over and over again. So we're really trying to focus on giving you guys what you guys want. And cool merch is one of them. And awesome topics is another one. And I feel like we do a pretty good job at that. So yeah. Another thing we want to revamp too is our mini sods to make them actually more mini and about you. So what we would really love to do is to have enough farm stories coming in to read those in a mini sode. Um, we also want you guys to start sending us your can't evens. Um, some people have actually started doing this in the group, which has been fantastic. So you can do that in the group. You can do that in Instagram or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com and we'll collect those. Um, or if you have questions for us, you can send those via email or social media and we'll take all of that and put it into a mini-sode. And if we get enough volume, what we could end up doing is opening up a few more drink sponsor spots and doing a few more mini-sodes every month. So that kind of depends on you guys. We want to hear from you. Um And then we want to have fun and share it with everybody else. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be super excited. Like, imagine how hilarious and fun a mini-sode full of can't-evens would be. (laughs) Like, I mean, come on. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. I mean, and it's perfect for, like, that 20-minute drive, you know, like, to and from the grocery store or whatever. So it'll help, like give you some like fun entertainment that's in smaller bites than like our whole episode is, I guess. Yes. Um, but also if you want more episodes, that's actually part one of our Patreon goals as well. 
when our Patreon reaches a certain level, we're going to get to hire somebody to help us with like the editing and some of the behind the scenes stuff, which will automatically allow us to get to put out more content. Because it would be awesome to do a mini set in a regular mm-hmm. episode a week, but we need help in order to do that. Because yeah. let's face it, we're just not anywhere near being able to quit our jobs. So no, not at all. <laughs> we need like health insurance and like yeah. savings for retirement and all that stuff. So yeah, you know, yeah. you get it. <laughs> yes. And we want to give you guys a heads up that the first few episodes in January will be used to wrap up the Rotten series on Netflix. We have four more episodes to go. So this is kind of like our version of a break. And I put that in quotation marks um, because we've been doing this podcast for two years and we have not taken a hiatus and we don't want to take a hiatus. So this will be a great way for us to give you guys some fun content while giving us a little bit of a break on the research. Um, but don't worry, we're still going to be entertaining AF. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I don't think you could force that out of us if you try. No, no. But if you guys are wondering why we were just covering Rotten over a couple of weeks, that is why it's our version of a break. Um, we're going to kind of do a little different spin on how we cover it, too. Uh, But we just hope you guys enjoy it. And if you have Netflix, make sure you go watch all of them so you can join in on the fun. Yes. But now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Yay! So, Beth, what can't you even this week? So I realized when we started recording that I did not have a can't even for the week. (laughs) (laughs) whoops oops Bev's not great at doing homework this week but then I thought about it and I was like well you know so one of the things I did in preparation for this episode was I listened to our episode from last year that was our like yearly recap and goals episode and it's episode 42 arugula is my spirit lettuce so if you haven't heard that one (laughs) I highly recommend you go listen to it and you compare it to this one I think you'll enjoy it it's a great episode I really loved it but it really got me thinking like holy shit, that was episode 42, and this is episode 92. So, like, I can't even believe that we put out 50 episodes this Ooh. year. More than that, because we have minisodes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So another thing, too, is that, you know, we're coming up on our two-year, and we're coming up on our 100th episode. Like, I just sort of – I sort of feel a little bit – in awe that we're here mm-hmm. and a little humbled by it and also like we got to do coop camp this year like i can't yeah. believe that we got to go do like a public thing so mm-hmm. i don't know we talk a lot about like how grateful we are for this podcast and stuff and i just i want to take this opportunity to do it one more time one more for me time <laughs> <laughs> yes like if you guys can't believe we're here we can't believe we're here either <laughs> yeah but i mean know for sure like we work our tails off for everything that we do for you guys because we Mm -hmm. want it to be the best thing that we can possibly give you and that's what we're trying to do here yes so what about you what's your can't even this week so mine is from businessinsider.com and i actually found it via fluffy layers on facebook and the title of the article is a goat snuck onto a ups truck in north dakota And photos of the encounter are going viral as delivery workers share their own hilarious animal sightings. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. So there were some photos of a UPS driver's encounter with two goats on his delivery route uh, 
and they're going viral. And one of the driver's daughters uh, tweeted photos of the encounter on Wednesday, writing, my dad is a UPS driver in rural North Dakota, and today he sent me these photos with no context. (laughs) (laughs) And she also says through the years he sent us photos of a miniature horse, lots of dogs, a hairless cat, cows, and now the goats, of course. And then what happened was other delivery drivers started responding with their experiences. So not only are these adorable pictures of goats popping up, one is like in the back of the truck. There's some pictures and video of them climbing into the truck. And they're just, they look like Nigerians. So they're just tiny little nuggets. And then there's like a video or a picture of an alpaca next to UPS truck, (laughs) dogs in the UPS truck, a like a, a a dog on some kind of semis like back trailer and the guy said he had to give him half of his sandwich to get him off oh my gosh um there's a picture of a dog in a in a like a fawn oh <laughs> and there's just so many others so i think it's just so cool like i we had a delivery driver stop by here a couple weeks ago and he was just like pointing and staring and laughing at the chickens because um, <laughs> he just thought they were so cool and he used to have chickens and he doesn't anymore. So it like made his day to see them. Um, so it's just really funny. And I want to just give a special shout out if you're listening and you are a delivery driver and you survived this time of year. Bless you. Thank you. You made my Christmas shopping experience so much easier. Oh, same. Of everything you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. My house wouldn't have a Christmas if it weren't for you. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> for serious. And, and my dogs, uh, they love the UPS driver and the UPS truck. Mine are constantly trying to go home with him also. But luckily, <laughs> I work from home so I can get them off the truck for him. So he doesn't have to do it. It's one less thing for him to do. <laughs> <sighs> So now it's time for us to read our weekly review. And if you're new here, what we do is we read our favorite Apple review for the week. Um, If you don't have an Apple product, you can download iTunes onto your laptop and write one that way. And what we do is we read one review a week. And then we put all those names into a hat at the end of the month and draw a name out. And that person will get an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in our shop. So make sure you leave like your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle, something for us to be able to identify you in case you win. Yes. And this isn't just for U.S. listeners. Uh, If you're an international listener, leave us a review on your version of iTunes. We still get it. So we can still read your review and you'll still be put into it because we'll totally send you something internationally because that would just be so fun. (laughs) Yes. So this week's review is from Jen Barber, who is at raising underscore roots underscore on Instagram. And the title of the review is there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. I agree. Same. (laughs) And she says, I have a one hour commute to work each day. I spend most of that time listening to farming slash homesteading podcasts. I recently stumbled upon Sam and Bev as I was in need of a new material of new material to listen to. I randomly picked an episode and I've been hooked ever since. My favorite episode thus far has been number 89. I've never laughed so hard. I am located in northern Wisconsin and it's way too cold to sun your beehole here, especially in December. <laughs> 
I have a small hobby farm with my husband and nine-year-old daughter. We have two Nigerian dwarf goats, and we raise Sarama chickens. I enjoy your podcast immensely. I look forward to all of your episodes in 2020. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks for that wonderful review. I'm glad you don't send your beehole in Wisconsin. That would probably be, you know, bad and you'd be prone to frostbite. I was just going to ask, can your beehole get frostbite? I'm sure it can. Fair enough. But I don't want to find out. Nope, I don't either. (laughs) I'm just going to keep my beehole in my pants. Thank you very much. Same. So we have some housekeeping and announcements. Uh, So Coop Camp 2020 has been announced, um, and it takes place just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, June 5th through the 7th. We'll be there. So make your travel arrangements and join us. Yes. And make sure you hit that subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us. We are at Drink and Farm. We will send you a promo code that is good just for this episode that will give you a percentage off in our shop. And make sure you look at the show notes. Uh, We have links to a survey that can allow you to tell us how we're doing anonymously, our social media goodness, and our merch shop. So make sure you check those out. So that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yes, for sure. We hope you have the greatest 2020 ever. I can't believe it's the end of a year and the end of a decade. Ugh, so weird. I feel old. It's pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things. As the weather gets colder, those creepy, crawly little bugs are probably starting to hide deep in the litter in your coops and barns. That's why we use First Saturday Lime on our farms. First Saturday Lime is the strongest and safest pesticide alternative on the market. It will not burn you or your animals, yet is strong enough to repel insects and dry up their eggs and larvae. First Saturday Lime soaks up the stink and helps extend the time between cleanup. Go to FirstSaturdayLime.com and use code DRINK at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping.